Welcome to Coastal Community Church. I'm Pastor Chris. I forgot my Lego. I got to grab my. Everybody should have one of those here this morning. Um, welcome. We're glad that you're here today. Uh, it is Life Group Sunday, and uh, I love Life Group Sunday because we get to talk about life groups and get everybody signed up. And uh, you might have already ventured underneath the tent. If you haven't yet, don't worry about that because we're going to be dismissed here early today in the service. And uh, I encourage you to go outside underneath the tent, check out all the different groups. In fact, as soon as you walk in, you'll, you'll probably need to go to the round center table, pick up a ballot because uh, you're going to be voting on all the different uh, booths and displays and snacks. And then also, uh, you might even pick up uh, some paper products uh, and a drink or something like that to eat your snacks with. So, uh, but we'll talk about that here um, in just a moment. We're in a series uh, right now called This Is How We Roll. Uh, the idea is that every organization, every group, every business, even every family uh, has a culture. Uh, in other words, kind of a way of doing things, a common language, a values. That's also true of the church, and uh, it's also true of Coastal. Uh, we have a way of doing things here. We have uh, kind of a common set of priorities and values, a common language, uh, a way of doing things. It's how we roll. So last week we began talking about our priority of reaching out to people, reaching out to the world around us. And, and the reason that that is such a priority here at Coastal is because we believe that that is the heart of God. And we talked about that last week, if you remember, uh, in Luke chapter 15. We talked about Jesus, how he came, he said, uh, to spend time with those on the outside, uh, to seek and to save the lost. And to us, it's a life or death issue. We believe we're here to share and experience life. People are either alive in Christ or they are dead in their sin. And God's heart is wrapped around, so totally and completely wrapped around the heart of wayward people. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to do life with us. He wants you to be a part of his family. And remember last week, we, we painted this image in your mind through uh, the, the story of the prodigal son of the heavenly father, the perfect heavenly father in full stride, right? Running towards you with arms outstretched, wanting you to come home. Now, because of that, we believe that the best way for people to come home to Christ is actually through relationships, through friends. And so we talk a lot here at Coastal about our strategy of invest and invite. Um, and that's all about uh, just living life where you live, living your faith, where you work, where you live, where you play, where you go to school, um, being a friend, uh, befriending people who are, are far from the church or far from God. And uh, that relational strategy uh, affects everything that we do here at Coastal. That, that relational style of doing things. We're not a, uh, this is not a program-driven church, okay? We really focus on two things here at Coastal. What happens here on Sunday morning, and everything that includes our, our service, our ministry to our, our, our kids, uh, Sunday morning, but then the other thing that we focus on is our life groups, our small group ministry, and that's it. Uh, that, that's, the, that's, that's the focus here. We gather together uh, for worship to reach as many people as possible, to share the good news of the gospel, and then to send all of us out into the community to live the life of faith, to be a missionary wherever you live, and to do life with people. Uh, we even say it. We have a t-shirt that says it. We don't just go to church. We what, Coastal? 
We are the church. We believe that. Church is not uh, an address where a physical address. We are the church. The, the church is made up of people. Now, everybody do me a favor. Everybody um, hold up your Lego. Everybody got a Lego this morning? You're probably wondering what in the world's happening. They're giving me a Lego as I come in. And we wanted to make sure we gave you a big one today, not the little ones because those would get lost. Everybody be stepping on them, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to play a little game together. It's not going to take very long. We're going to play a little game with our Legos. Uh, here's what's going to happen. In just a moment, at the count of three, you're going to take just a couple of seconds, and we're going to build something with our Lego. Now, the, here are the rules, though. Okay, you ready? You can't use somebody else's Lego. Okay? You cannot borrow your neighbor's Lego. If you've already done that, take them apart, give them back. Everybody gets their own Lego. You can't steal anybody else's Lego. You can't get together with your row and share Legos. I don't want you to pick up any Legos that you found on the floor already. You can only use your individual Lego. So at the count of three, I want everybody to build something. Here we go. One, two, three, go. Okay, right, right. Okay, everybody finished? You built something? Now, obviously, anybody succeed in actually building something with their Lego? I mean, something real. Of course not, right? No, that's crazy. You're like, Pastor Chris, that's kind of stupid. I can't build anything. Because Legos were not made to be alone, were they? Legos were created to be what? What's the C word? Connected. Connected with other Legos. What happens to a lone Lego? Think about this. For a second. A lone Lego gets kicked under the sofa, doesn't it? Or, or it gets lost in the sofa. It gets forgotten. A single Lego gets stepped on in the middle of the night and cursed at, right? A single Lego. A lone Lego, a lone Lego has no place and it has no purpose. A lone, sad little Lego is easily overlooked and usually forgotten because a lone Lego, again, what's the C word, is not connected. Legos were created to be what? Connected. Now guess what? Here is the big thought for the day. The big deep deep thought as we talk about Legos. You ready? You are a Lego. Okay? I am a Lego. Turn to your neighbor right now and say you're a Lego. You're a Lego. Okay? You and I were never created to be alone. Just like a Lego, we were created to be what? Connected. Say it again. We were created to be connected. We were made for community. Um, God said it this way in Genesis 2.18, the beginning of creation. It is not good for man to be alone. However you want to say it, whatever illustration we might use today, we were created for community. We were made for connections. Psychologists call this this universal need to belong to for community that we have. Uh, it's actually embedded into our DNA. I believe that. I believe we were created with this. Why? Ultimately, I think the reason is, is that we were created to have a connection with God, to be connected to him. He made us to love us and for us to love him back. And then he made us to love one another, to do life together. Now, I love Sundays at Coastal. 
Man, I do. I, I mean, in some ways, I just, I live for Sunday. I love what happens here on Sunday. I love, you know, the chance to be together in, in a larger and growing crowd, to pour our hearts out to God, you know, corporately together in, in music, to worship Him. I love the opportunity to, to preach the Word of God, to share the gospel. I love seeing you guys invite and bring your friends uh, to watch us grow, not just in number every week, but to grow in community. Unity. I love seeing people take those next steps in their faith. I love seeing people come to know Jesus. I, I, I mean, this is exciting. This is awesome that we get to do what we do. I love watching people get baptized, on and on and on. I can't understand how you would not, you know, ever want to miss this. But, but here's my point today. You ready for this? It's not enough. You don't grow in a crowd. You, you don't do life together in a crowd. You don't get connected in a crowd. You don't live out your faith in, in a crowd. Christianity at its core, listen to me, is relational. It's about being connected. You know, you, you, don't, you and I never are going to grow to be the people that God intended us to be on our own. You know, once you learn something, once you're told something, once you've been instructed, you need other people to live that out. To walk that through. I mean, on Sunday morning, you know, I could preach sermons or messages. You know, we got a relational series coming up. You know, I could talk all day about, you know, love, sex, and dating, and marriage, and all those kinds of things. And we could talk about patience and kindness, and, and uh, we could talk about the, you know, the fruit of the Spirit. We could talk about, you know, generosity and faith. And all those things are great, and you can get some head knowledge, but you're never going to grow until those things get lived out walked out in community, in relationships. Now, where do we believe the best place for that to, is found to do that? Where do we believe the best place for that to happen is? Where? In our life groups. Now, obviously, today is Life Group Sunday, so that's the easy answer, but that's what I want us to talk about today because that, it's not going to happen on Sunday morning in a large group like this, but it can happen in the context of a small group. At Coastal, we call those things life groups. We like the word life here at Coastal because that's what Jesus came to give. He said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. People are either alive in Christ or they're dead in their sin. Um, it, it's all about life here. Now, our life groups at Coastal are typically groups of, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 people who meet together on a regular basis in somebody's home for 8 to 12 weeks for a semester. In other words, like when you, if you, when you sign up for a life group today, you're not signing up for life, right? It's just a semester. I always tell people, man, you can do anything for a semester, right? You can put up with anything. No, you can do anything for a semester for 8 to 12 weeks. Here's the reality. I believe our church needs to grow larger and smaller at the same time. Larger and smaller. Larger on Sunday mornings. Larger in scope larger in outreach, larger in influence. But we've got to stay smaller. We've got to keep maintaining that deep sense of, of community and connectedness through our, through our life groups. I want to read one of my favorite passages of, of Scripture. And uh, it's again another kind of passage, kind of a core passage here at Coastal, kind of uh, describes how we roll, how we do things here. And uh, it's found in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. And it's a great description of the early church, the church just doing what it does best, being the church. And, and I think it's a great model for us to follow. But as I read it, 
I want you to, to listen to the sense of community, to the sense of connectedness. I also want you to see both things happening here. People meeting together in larger groups and then people being connected uh, you know, in smaller groups. Listen to this, Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 41. Those who believed what Peter said that day were baptized and added to the church, about 3,000 in all. They joined with the other believers and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing in the Lord's Supper, and in prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together constantly, and they shared everything they had. They sold their possessions and shared the proceeds with, with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, and then they met in what? Met in homes for the Lord's Supper. And they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, listen to this, the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. And so you see both environments here. You see all of this. You see this, this great sense of community and connectedness. But you also see these two environments that they regularly met in. They met in a large group like this in the temple courts, very similar to what we're doing. And then they met from house to house in small groups and homes. And they shared meals. And they shared the Lord's Supper. And, and they shared with those in need. And they grew. The Bible says they grew smaller and they grew larger all at the same time. The Lord was adding to their number daily those who were being saved. You see... It doesn't matter how large we become on Sunday morning as long as we are constantly pushing people toward connectedness and developing friendships during the week in a life group. Listen, I never want our church to, be, to, to lose that personal touch that we have. I never want our church to lose our ability to care for people and to love people and to help people grow. Now, hear this loud and clear though. The truth is, if all of that is dependent on me, you know, the senior pastor, Pastor Chris, guess what? We lost our ability to do that a long time ago. Because I can't care for individually, I can't care individually for everyone at this church. I can't see everybody in the hospital. I can't take care of everybody individually. But guess who can? You can. Your life group can. You see, really what I'm talking about today, what, what we do here at Coastal, is it's empowering you to be the church, which I thought was the New Testament plan all along. You see, again, we say this regularly. What's more important, that you know everybody's name or that everybody here comes to know the name of Jesus? What's more important, that everybody knows Pastor Chris personally or everybody knows Jesus? Man, I, I love our life groups. I love that personally, I have three o'clock in the morning friends because I've done life with some people and I've made friends with people over the years in a life group. I love that I know many of your stories. I love that many of you know my story because we've been in a life group together. I love that the first call that most people here at Coastal make when they're actually in need or they need prayer or they need help or they need somebody to visit them is not Pastor Chris. It's their life group leader. There are other life group members, not me. 
Let me ask you a question. How many of you, and this is a, this is a good question to ask about this time of the year. Here we, as we are in, you know, kind of closing to the end of January, the first month of 2015, going to 2015. How many, um, I mean, going to February, how many of you currently either right now do or currently ever have worked out physically in a gym somewhere? You have a gym membership. Raise your hand. Ever, in the history of your life, you've been a part of a gym. Okay. Now, I know most people who are actually regularly a part of a gym, you're looking forward to February, so all the, re- the new resolutions will go ahead and be gone, get out of your gym, and not so crowded anymore. But anyway, now, here's the next question, though. So a lot of people, gym's pretty common. And this next thing actually is becoming more and more common that we even have some of these here at our church. How many of you have ever worked out with a personal trainer? Raise your hand. I mean, either maybe just for an hour, 30 minutes, or we actually have some, uh, some trainers at our church. Trainers are great, aren't they? If you've ever worked out with a trainer, I mean, trainers are there, man, to kick your butt, aren't they? You know, they're, I mean, but they're, they're really they're serious. They're there to motivate, to challenge, to inspire, you know, to show you how to do certain things and what's important and what's not. All that basically pushing you toward physical health and physical fitness. And as long as you show up at the appointed time and, you know, you pay your trainer and he or she shows up, that's, you know, that's great. Everything's wonderful. They, they do their job. You do what you're supposed to do. And trainers are great. But do you know what's more important? I mean, what's, what's really needed, not just a trainer, but even more important in physical fitness is to have what you might call workout partners, Right? I mean, not just a trainer who shows up for that appointed time once a week or every so often, but have people regularly that you can, you can work out with. You might call them workout partners, workout friends. In many ways, guess what my job is? In many ways, I'm a spiritual trainer. I mean, that's my job. If you think about it, I'm here to, you know, to motivate, to encourage, uh, to challenge, to inspire, sometimes to kick you in the butt, Right? You know, you know, get down, hey, give me 20 more prayers, you know, something like that or whatever, you know, and yell and scream at you or I don't know, whatever, you know, we're reading through the Bible, come on, pick it up, you know. I tell people all the time, I don't really have a lot of mercy gifts. If you come to me for counseling, you know, like, that's where we really try to push you to like Kenny because Kenny has those, those, those mercy gifts, those counseling gifts. I want to punch you in the face. I really do. I just like, especially if I meet with a guy, I mean, I, literally I met with a guy not too long ago and he's like, Pastor Chris. Why do I do it? Why? And and this went on for a little bit. Why, Pastor Chris? Why? And I was sitting there, and every ounce of my being, I really did want to punch him. I didn't punch him. And finally, I just went, because you're a sinner. That's why. Why do you think you're doing, you know? You know, you need to repent. Get right with Jesus, you know? Like, let's pray. Get get you out of here, man. Anyway, so... um, (laughs) So I, I am, I'm more of a spiritual trainer, you know, um, and, and most people today in church, honestly, they only have a trainer. And I think about it this way, what I mean by that is they come on a Sunday and they listen to the message, they sing some songs, they pray, they take communion, they go through the routine, they're there for the appointed time, they even give some money, and, uh, and then their, their routine, their, their regimen is over. And they don't do anything else until they come back to their next appointment with me next week on Sunday, their trainer. Now, listen to me very carefully. And this is what really today is all about. You need both. Like, you need trainers and you need partners. You need trainers and you've got to get connected. Now, in many churches, again, people see the pastor as the trainer, and, and this is where it gets dangerous, they see the pastor as the trainer 
and their personal partner. In other words, where the pastor is personally responsible for everybody, you know, to work out with everyone. And, and, and you know, he's personally responsible for your needs, for your spiritual growth. It's where the pastor runs around and he trains everybody where he's got to know you individually and everything about you and what you need and your family, your extended family, and your pets, okay? Now, if you want that and you think that's the way the church is supposed to roll, you are in the wrong place, we, we, we made that change a long time ago. In fact, I believe that's why most churches today in America really never grow beyond 100 or 150 people because they think that the pastor is their own personal trainer and everybody else's partner. Now, the truth is you see both in the book of Acts. You see the large gathering, you know, the, the trainer speaking, the pastor, the teacher teaching, motivating. But then you also see these groups of people, small groups meeting together, house to house, partners, friends, being connected, loving and serving and growing together. Now, let's have a little confession here again. It's January, right? We, we probably could already confess to this. Have you ever watched a workout video or read some sort of you know, article or book on physical fitness and health while eating a bag of Doritos, okay? Or, or just, you know, eating some sort of junk food. Have you, ever, have you ever actually been on a treadmill and eating something unhealthy at the same time? Like, that's crazy that, we, that I've done that. But what, and yet, here's the reality. We all do the same thing spiritually from time to time. Follow me. Here's what happens. You come here. Again, you watch me, you listen to me, and it's as though you get in that, that hour video session, that training session once a week. But you're never going to grow if you're not living this stuff out, living this information out with people that you are connected to week in and week out. The biblical model is for trainers, pastors, and teachers to equip and to motivate, and then for people, the church, the community, people that you're connected to to help, help you live that out. Listen, I care about you. I do, man. I care about everybody here. I care about our church. That's why, that's why I do what I do. That's why I teach. That's why I lead. That's why I pray. But I can't care for every one of you personally. You know, again, if, if the church's growth becomes dependent on me and my ability to know everybody and personally care for everybody, then we're done. In fact, the truth is we were done a long time ago. Listen to this. Here's some of the differences between a, a trainer and a partner. Trainers tell you what to do. Partners do it with you. Trainers give inspiration. Partners make application. Trainers teach or instruct. Partners help implement it, help, put, put, help you put it into practice. Trainers give content. Partners walk with you in your context where you live. You need to be connected. You need partners in your life. You know, I wish I was that good. I wish I could transform everybody just in standing up here and speaking to everybody, you know, once a week. Trainers will pray for you. A partner will what? Pray with you. Trainers reveal your responsibility. Partners help provide that accountability. A trainer might get you started, but a partner keeps you going. Guys, that's what a life group is, really simply. It's just a group of, of partners, of people who are connected, just like you. 
Real people helping one another live out their faith. Here's the bottom line today. Man, you need to be a part of a life group. If, if it was important to the early church, I think it ought to be important to us. If it was important to Jesus, I think it should be important to us. Listen, Jesus did that same, that same model. He, he attracted a crowd. He taught and shared and, uh, a large group. But then he changed the world through a what? A small group. A small group of people. So let me just be as straightforward as I can. Here's what I hope will happen today. As soon as we are dismissed, I want everybody to walk outside into the tent and to sign up for a life group today. I want you to join a life group. Make the time. Reprioritize your life. Get in the group just for one semester, not for life. Ten to twelve weeks. Most of our groups will begin about the middle of February, that week of February the 8th, either that week or the following week, and they'll go until about Mother's Day, about the beginning or middle of May. Now, I've done this so many years. We've had groups for, since before our church began. And I know the excuses. I hear the excuses all the time. Here is the biggest excuse of them all. But Pastor Chris, I just don't have the time. I'm too busy. Hear this with all the mercy gifts I have today. You have time to do whatever you want to. You have time to do whatever you value. TV, sports, hobbies, Facebook. It's just not become important to you yet. But I, I guarantee you this, it will. There'll be a time in your life where you wish you had the community that you could begin to build today. Here's another excuse. Pastor Chris, I just don't know those people. Well, first of all, no one bites, okay? I said in the first service that Pastor Scott bites, but um, nobody else, no. But, but, I mean, nobody bites. I mean, think about this for a second. Everybody that you currently have a relationship with, anybody already in your circle of, of friends, you have those friends because at some point in your life, you got out of your comfort zone, you took a step of faith, you took the initiative, and you developed those relationships. You didn't get friends overnight. You know, and that's not going to happen, by the way, in a life group, but it will provide you with an opportunity to meet some people and put you in an atmosphere where you can get connected and you can possibly develop friends. After all, that is what people are looking for today, not just a friendly church. And we, we strive to be that, by the way. We, we work hard at being a welcoming, inviting, friendly place. But I don't think that's enough. That's not really what people deep down inside either need or what they are looking for. They're looking for community. They're looking for friends. All of life, listen to me, all of life, the, at least the part of life that's worth living is about risk. It's about taking that, that step of faith. You know, the person who says, oh, I'm just going to play it safe is the person who is not going to grow because growth comes through faith. Friendship comes through risk. Everything in life worth something is a, a risk or a step of faith. And so I'm going to challenge you today to take a step of faith, to take a little bit of a risk, a very calculated risk, and join a life group. You know, when you sign up today, I'm not promising you again that you're going to get into a group and have total and complete relational euphoria with everybody that's there, or it's going to be unbelievable. I'm not promising you you're going to meet your significant other to spend the rest of your life with, and all the singles are going to get married. I'm not promising you that, although it will happen if you join my group. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, just teasing. Um, but when you sign up, let me tell you what will happen. You'll be surrounded by people just like you. People who care, real people who are looking for connections. And you're going to be surrounding yourself with people that you can be yourself with, that you can do life with, have fun with, and get connected. Listen, if you do not sign up for a life group, if you, if you never take this step of faith, you're going to be hurting eventually your own spiritual growth. And you're going to find yourself one day lacking the community that you need. I'm going to close with this verse, and then we're going to pray together. Listen to this. Jesus said this in Luke 19, 26 in the message. That's what I mean. Risk your life and get more than you ever dreamed of. Play it safe and end up holding the bag. What are you going to do? You know, play it safe your whole life, or are you going to take a step of faith, take a risk, and get connected? Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, today, thank you. Thank you for the church. Thank you for Coastal. Thank you for the way that we do things here. And I pray that we're constantly listening to your voice and following your lead, becoming the church that you called us to be. Father, today, I pray that we will take those next steps to get connected to not just have trainers on Sunday, but have real partners, people that we can do life with, grow together, have fun with, and uh, be the church with. And so I thank you for our group leaders. I thank you for uh, just today and everything that's a part of it. And I pray that today we'll all take that risk, that step of faith, and get connected. I pray this in Jesus' name.